Pope Francis Bergoglio has announced that he intends to participate in the 7th Annual Interfaith Meeting to be held in Kazakhstan. The Congress has met every three years in Nur Sultan, formerly named Astana. Now, if you watch my podcast, if you watch this channel, that name, that city, Astana, should ring a bell. Why? Because that is the diocese of Bishop Athanasius Schneider. Do you see where I'm going with today's podcast? Pope Francis, invited by Muslims to a predominantly Muslim nation, Kazakhstan, for an interfaith meeting in the diocese of Bishop Athanasius Schneider. Oh my goodness. Oh my goodness. This is also important as we weigh the Abu Dhabi document, which Bishop Schneider heroically protested and even had a dialogue with Pope Francis on the Abu Dhabi document. Why is the Abu Dhabi document important? Why is it infamous? Here it is right here. I'm going to read the quote in just a minute. First, we're going to pray. By the way, happy Maundy Thursday. We are in Triduum right now, the best time of year, the time in which we see that we are sinners, that we are nothing, that we will return to dust, that Christ humbles himself below all of us. He's betrayed by his friend, Judas Iscariot, his apostle. And now on this day, Maundy Thursday, he prepares the world for the institution of the new priesthood and of the new sacraments, chiefly the Holy Eucharist at the Last Supper. He washes the feet of his apostles and ordains them to be priests in the new covenant in the church. So happy Maundy Thursday. Uh, we're getting into it. Tomorrow is Good Friday. I encourage everyone who has no health reasons and was cleared by a doctor to engage in the black fast. Don't eat if you can. If it's dangerous at all, don't do it. Don't say there's some guy on YouTube named Taylor Marshall told me to do it. Do your own research. Only do it if you're healthy. But if you're a healthy, strong young man like myself, fast. Fast and pray. In the early church, the church fathers spoke of the two-day fast. And the two-day fast, they meant Good Friday and Holy Saturday. And then they would break that fast for the joy of Easter, the resurrection of Jesus Christ, our Lord. All right, so we're going to say our prayer. Then we're going to get an Abu Dhabi document. We're going to look into this Kazakhstan interfaith meeting. I'm going to give some commentary. And then we're going to go back to Triduum. All right. We will pray the Our Father together. Oremos. Nomini Patris et Filii et Spiritus Sancti. Amen. Pater Noster, qui es in Celi, Sanctificetur Nomen Tuum, Adveniat Regnum Tuum, Fiat Voluntas Tua, Sicut in Celo et in Terra. Panam Nostrum Quotidianum da Nobis Odie, et debite Nobis debita Nostra, Sicut et Nos Dimetimus debitoribus Nostris, et ne Nos Inducas in Tentationem, se Libera Nos Amalo. Amen. Arlea Fatima, pray for us. Nomini Patris, et Filii, et Spiritus Sancti. Amen.
All right. Again, welcome everybody joining us. A happy Maundy Thursday. Why is it called Maundy Thursday? It comes from the Latin. Uh, mandatum novum. What is it? Dovobis, I think it is. A new commandment I give you. That you love one another. I probably botched the Latin. People are going to clip that clip and play it forever. That's okay. I need to be humiliated and humbled during Triduum, during Lent. It's the new commandment to love one another. Look, you can have pre-55 liturgy. You can have traditional Latin Mass. You can fast for 40 days. You can do the Black Fast on Good Friday. But if you don't love one another, then the whole gospel, the whole message, the purpose that we love God and love our neighbor, you missed it. St. Paul says that you can give your life in martyrdom, but if you have not love, if you have not charity, you're just a clinging symbol, a gong, 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 make noise. But there's nothing of substance there. We must love one another. We must. Okay, let's get started in this. Somehow I lost my main screen here. Let me see if I can get it back. Here we go. There's the quote. All right, in 2019, I was shocked, truly shocked, that Francis would issue the Abu Dhabi document. It reads this. This is the quote, the controversial quote. Quote, right here. Freedom is a right of every person. Each individual enjoys the freedom of belief, thought, expression, and action. The pluralism and the diversity of religions, color, sex, race, and language are willed by God in his wisdom through which he created human beings, end quote, Pope Francis Abu Dhabi document. Now, why is this controversial? There's actually two parts. The, the not so controversial part is the first part. Did God, he gave us a free will. That's true. And if that's what Pope Francis means, check the box, orthodox, cool. But he didn't give us freedom or a right of belief, thought, expression, and action. I don't have the right to do that, right? If if I want to, if I want to have an expression, express myself by, um, running through a school with a weapon or an airport, I am not I don't have that freedom. I don't have the freedom to assault you. I don't have the freedom to be Will Smith, walk up on a stage and jack slap somebody. I don't have that freedom. I guess Will Smith does, but I don't. I don't have the freedom to say certain things about certain groups. There are certain words that you can't say in America about other people, ethnicities, religions. It's just off the table. So this whole idea that we all have this God-given right for freedom of belief, thought, expression, action is not true. It is limited by God. And it is limited by the church. And it is limited by the state. If you like this, please take a moment to give it the thumbs up. Like you are my algorithm, share it on YouTube, share it on Facebook, Twitter. And then if you're new, 
subscribe. Get daily content. Get Catholic content. Subscribe and hit the bell. Do it now. Subscribe. Okay, so that's the soft part. But you know what? I can be a charitable guy and I can massage what Francis says right here in the first half. Okay. But the second half I can't do. The second half is heretical. Uh-oh. Taylor Marshall just used the H word in context of Francis Bergoglio. Send up a flare. Throw a brick. No, this is heretical. Look at it. The pluralism. I'm at the second part right here. The pluralism and diversity of religions, color, sex, race, and language are willed by God and his wisdom. No, they're not. Let me clarify that. The religions aren't. Let's go through the list, okay? Let's start at the end. Languages. The multitude of languages. Is that willed by God? Yes. When men sinned at the Tower of Babel, God confused their languages. There are many languages all over earth. Okay. Race. Did God, in his wisdom, make it so that there are people of different ethnicities or races? Yes. There are people with blue eyes and that are Nordic, and there are people with dark skin who are African. I don't have to go into it. You already know these things. Sex. Did God will there for there to be male and female? Yes, it's Genesis chapter 2 and 3. God made man in his image, male and female. He created them straight up. That is God's will. You can't go around and say it's not God's will for there to be male and female. I know some like feminist study lady probably says that somewhere. It's just not the case. God made it male and female. That's his will. Color. We kind of already did this, right? There's people with different hair color, skin color, eye color. God intended that. Not a mistake. But then we get to religions. Did God will the diversity of religions? No. God wills one religion. Does God will the religion of Hinduism with its caste system and its elephant head god Ganesh and the multi-armed god you got Vishnu you got Shiva you got all these gods idols first commandment shall have no gods before me and Hindus rolling out hundreds of gods in fact a kid at school once told my son that our religion Catholicism was inferior to his Hindu religion the reason being our religion only had one god and his religion had many more gods so his religion was better this is the insanity of idolatry. Not true. God does not will anyone to worship Ganesh, the elephant-headed God. It is a fact. It is, you can't even contest it. The God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, and Peter, and Paul, and John the Baptist, and the Virgin Mary, and St. Michael the Archangel, does not will for one person on earth to worship the elephant head Ganesh idol. What about Lutheranism? Does God will Lutheranism? 
as he wills, for example, there to be male and female. No, 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 no. And what's interesting about this story, this narrative, is that Bishop Athanasius Schneider was the hero. He was the David who stood up to the Goliath and said, now, wait a second. Wait a second. You don't get to put on a white cassock and a white zucchetto and stand in front of the world and say that God wills all religions in the same way that he, he wills, for example, male-female sex that he created. Now, Bishop Schneider sought a clarification from Pope Francis, and a clarification was given. Oh, by the way, Archbishop Vigano also condemned this at the time and still condemns it. Francis said to Bishop Schneider, I did a show on it here on YouTube, well, what I meant was the passive will of God, not the active will of God. That's what Francis said. So it's not heretical. So let's take a little lesson on passive will and active will of God. Passive will, first of all, active will. Active will of God is what he directly wills. He wants it to happen. He intends it. So, for example, St. Paul says that God wills that all men be saved. Are all men saved? Anyone? Do people go to hell? Yes. But God wills that all would be saved. That's why Jesus died for everyone. God wills that there was never any original sin. He doesn't want that. Why is there sin? Because God allows it. This is the passive will of God. There's the active will of what he intends and wants to happen. But then, because he gives angels and humans free will, he permits and he has a passive will. So if Satan says, I will not serve, I hate God, I rebel and reject God, I'm going to be my own God, God does not actively will Satan doing that. No, no, no. But God does allow in free will for Satan to do that. And that is what we call in theology, passive will. It's allowing something, not intending it. Do you see the difference here? Passive will is allowing, active will is intending. So if we go back to the quote, which is still on the screen right here, what Francis is saying to Bishop Schneider is, well, in the first word, let me see if I can edit this. This would be really cool. Let me see. I've never edited on the live. Here we go. Can I get a different color? Red. I want red. Ooh, it worked. Okay, y'all see it? There's red right there on the screen. Getting fancy here on the Dr. Taylor Marshall podcast. The pluralism and diversity of religions, color, sex, race, language, and are willed by God in his wisdom. All of those things, except for the word religions in red, are actively willed by God. Active will. He intends it and wants it to be. Multiplicity of religions like Islam, Lutheran, uh, Sikhism, Hinduism, Buddhism, Satanism. God does not will any of those religions actively. 
He allows them passively, but he doesn't actively intend any of those religions. The only religion that he actively intends is the Catholic Christian religion. That's it. That's the only religion he actively wills. So this statement is objectively erroneous and must be rejected. Bishop Schneider graciously, charitably called out Pope Francis on this, and he just got, well, I meant passive. But the grammar doesn't work. You would have to rewrite it. Here's how you would make it orthodox. You would say, the pluralism and diversity of color, sex, race, and language are willed by God and his wisdom through which he created human beings. However, the diversity of religions has been allowed for, re for, the, for the reason of freedom of the will. But you can't say religion is in the same category of active willing. I think you all all see the problem. Now, the interesting part about all of this is this big debate that went back and forth in which Pope Francis was saying this and Bishop Athanasius Schneider saying, you can't say this, this is heretical. It breaks the first commandment. Thou shalt have no other gods before me. How can you say you're a Pope and say this? It doesn't make sense. The Pope. Oh, and by the way, this was the Abu Dhabi statement with Muslims. With Muslims. Muslims have now again invited Pope Francis for a interfaith dialogue, which will also have a discussion on gender equality. And where is it going to be? It's going to be located in the diocese in which Bishop Schneider is located. Of all the places in the whole world to have an interfaith Muslim discussion about maybe God willing different religions of all the dioceses in the whole world. They're going to be in the diocese of Bishop Schneider. Coincidence? Rumble in the Bronx? Be interesting to see how this plays out. Will Bishop Schneider be invited? Will he speak? Will be involved? Will he participate in any of these prayers, ecumenical things? Like, here we are with Francis praying with an imam. I can show you a dozen canons from the early church saying, if you pray with heretics or people of other religions, you are excommunicated. You fall under censure. So many canons say this. It was common teaching before Vatican II that we Catholics could not pray with non-Catholics. I asked Bishop uh, Father Ripperger, I was with Father Ripperger not too long ago, and I was, we were talking about the sin of communicatio in sacris with non-Catholics and with heretics. And I asked Father Ripperger, I said, it's my understanding that I can't go and obviously go to a Methodist church, a Lutheran church, a Jewish synagogue, uh, uh, a mosque, and participate in any of that. Not even Protestant. Not even Bible church. Can't go to that. Because we're not united. Not, not just not receive their Eucharist, not even participate in their prayers. But I said to Father Ripper, I said, it's my understanding that if there's, uh, let's say, a Protestant 
lost you. I'm back. I was talking about Father Ripperger. I don't know where we got cut off. I said, it was my understanding that if it's a Catholic prayer that's not created by a Protestant like the Our Father, I could pray with it. And he goes, no. You don't even do that. You can stand there quietly. You can even bow your head, but you don't participate. Because we must be united in truth to have communicatio in sacris. That is communion in sacred things, which is sacraments, prayers, liturgies, etc. That was the teaching up until Vatican II. Then all of a sudden in Vatican II, it's like, let's drive down to the Lutherans and pray with them. Let's have a rabbi come in on Maundy Thursday and do a Seder liturgy. What? I got in trouble with a local priest here in Texas because he made the announcement that he was going to be participating at the mosque in a thing coming up and asked everybody to pray for him as he participated in this. I don't, I don't think they call them liturgies, but whatever they do. And after I, I went up to him and I said, now father, this is Novus Ordo. Uh, if I understood you correctly, I heard you're saying that you're going to go pray at a mosque. He's like, yeah. And I said, well, I mean, they're not baptized. They don't pray in Jesus name. And he goes, well, you haven't been studying Pope Francis. Said, oh boy, here we go. Here we go. He said, they're monotheists. And I said, it doesn't matter. They're not Catholic. They're not Christian. You can't, you as a priest going into a mosque and praying are essentially telling them it's A-OK to be a Muslim. He said, it is OK to be a Muslim. I was like, how? They don't have baptism. They don't have the Eucharist. They don't have the sacraments. They don't even know... That Jesus Christ is the Son of God. They said, well, they believe Jesus is a prophet. That's not good enough. <laughs> We've defeated those heresies. He said, well, Thomas Aquinas says we have to follow our conscience. And I said, Thomas Aquinas also says we have to form our conscience in accordance with natural law and divine law. So if you go in there and say, hey, it's cool to be Muslim, follow your conscience, you're malforming their conscience as a Catholic priest. Do you think this Catholic priest enjoyed this conversation with me? No, I didn't enjoy this conversation. But it has to be said by someone. You know why I had this conversation? I actually drove away and called my wife Joy and told her what the priest said. And she said, well, go back to the church. I said, why? She goes, you got to confront the priest. And I was like, are you serious? She's like, yeah, if men like you don't confront these priests when they say stuff like this, nothing's ever going to change. And I said, you're right. See, I got a good woman backing me. She put the fire under my feet to be the man. The priest said, well, if you studied Thomas Aquinas, you would know you got to follow your conscience. I said, no. <laughs> I wasn't cocky. I didn't say I have a, I did a PhD on Thomas Aquinas. I didn't say that. I just quoted and said, you have to form your conscience with natural law and divine law. I even said, if you go in there and affirm Islam, you're affirming polygamy because it's part of Islam. You're like, well, father, a Franciscan priest. Yes, you are. He didn't like that. So guess what he did in the conversation? Then he says, that's the problem with you pro-lifers is you have no mercy. Now, up until that moment, we hadn't talked about the A word or any of that. 
We hadn't got anywhere into that pro-life realm at all. We were talking about Islam. But what he wanted to do was paint me with a broad brush as some mean pro-lifer with no mercy. That's how these liberal priests, these modernists, dialogue with people they don't agree with. That's the problem with you pro-life, pro-lifers with no mercy. I did call him out on that. I said, you, I said, you don't know me. I raise money actively to help single mothers. I'm active in that movement. So don't, don't try to label me as a hateful, mean, conservative bigot who hates single moms and just wants... No, we're not going to play that. So eventually I just said, I don't think we're getting anywhere with this conversation. You're going to go to the mosque and affirm the Muslims for being Muslims. Not only are you affirming the Muslims to be Muslims, you're telling all the Catholics that they should support and pray for you as you go to Muslims and affirm them being Muslims. That's bad. Oh, and somewhere online he said, yeah, I'm just a fundamentalist. And I was like, you've called me a fundamentalist. You've accused me of being a pro-lifer and care for women. And I was like, I don't really see how this conversation is going to get any better. And he goes, I agree. I said, all right, have a nice day. Walked off. And people tell me, those trads are so rude and mean. No, wait till you stand up to your novus ordo pastor modernist. Wait till you wait till your wife says, go back and talk, go back and talk to him. And you go and talk to him. And he calls you a fundamentalist and hating women and pro mean pro-lifer. That's the reality. And that's another thing. People think Taylor Marshall is this trad who just lives in the trad ether sphere. No, I've I've run the circles in the Novus Ordo. Done it all. Third attended Third Order Dominican things, gone to some Opus Day stuff, diocesan stuff, different dioceses, conservative parishes, liberal parishes, all kinds of things. I mean, we've We've been, Joy was reminding me in the early days, we went, we saw a Tongan uh, Islander Easter at one point. I was like, man, I can't believe we saw a Tongan. We went to a Tongan Easter. I mean, we've seen some wild stuff. So I'm speaking from a man who went through a journey and a path. Not just a guy who stepped up on a trad, I don't know what you call it, monument pedestal and said, this is it. Dems the breaks, the school of hard knocks. Been there, done that, got the t-shirt. Got <laughs> yelled at by local Catholic pastor. This is the problem. We have armies, not armies because they drink apple teenies. They're not tough. They're petty. We have petty priests who have been taught that the way you reach out to people is that you go to mosques and affirm Muslims. He actually said in his homily that we need to teach Catholics to be better Catholics and we need to teach Muslims to be better Muslims. He said that in his sermon. 
This is the Pope Francis religion. It's not Catholic. It's not Catholic. Telling Muslims to be better Muslims is not the gospel. It's weakness. It's fear. You know who wasn't afraid? St. Francis, the founder of that pastor's order, who went to the sheikh and said, your religion is fake. Mu uh, Muhammad is a liar and a false prophet. Francis was hoping that they would kill him and he would become a martyr. Instead, they just liked him. They thought he had integrity, spoke the truth. They didn't kill him. St. <laughs> Francis was kind of bummed out. It's too bad Pope Francis is more like St. Francis and calling a spade a spade. We need to say Muhammad is a false prophet. Muhammad was, I don't, I got him on YouTube, so I got to choose my words carefully, but engaged in a personal relationship with a girl who was under 10 years old. Facts. Who already had seizures and mental problems before any of these visions started happening in the Quran. Be bold and say that. Be bold and say that on YouTube. All right. Well, I think it's going to be interesting when we get to September here. We're going to see Francis in Kazakhstan, the territory of Bishop Athanasius Schneider. And uh, he's probably going to be singing the tune of Abu Dhabi. Oh, one more thing that was interesting about Abu Dhabi is on the airplane... On the way back, Pope Francis says, quote, he told journalists, quote, there is one thing I would like to say. He was talking about what he said at Abu Dhabi about God willing the plurality of religions. There is one thing I would like to say. I openly reaffirm this. From the Catholic point of view of the document at Abu Dhabi, it does not move one millimeter away from the Second Vatican Council. It is even cited several times. The Abu Dhabi document was crafted in the spirit of the Second Vatican Council, end quote. Sorry, guys, y'all got to get this on the screen. I want you to see it. See, Pope Francis is feeling bold because he says, I got Vatican II behind me. And that's why people like myself follow Bishop Athanasius Schneider, Archbishop Vigano, and Archbishop Marcel Lefebvre. And we say there is error and weaponized ambiguity in the Second Vatican Council. Oh, I know. There's people going to make response videos on that. I don't care. Let them. Here's the quote on the airplane. There's one thing I would like to say, Francis says. I openly reaffirm this from the Catholic point of view. The document does not move one millimeter away from the Second Vatican Council. It is even cited several times. The document was crafted in the spirit of the Second Vatican Council. Well, the last thing we need right now is the spirit of Vatican II. I'll tell you that much. So Francis is saying that this, over in this corner derives from Vatican II over in this corner. And you know what? I believe him. I trust him. I agree that this comes from Vatican II. And that's why you had John Paul II allowing the Dalai Lama to put an idol of the Buddha on a Catholic tabernacle and a Catholic altar. Yeah, but Thayor, that's just being sensitive to people. No, it's being idolatrous. It's wrong. It's wrong. You think Muslims are going to allow us to come and put a tabernacle of the Eucharist and the Hagia Sophia in Constantinople and have divine liturgy? No. They would kick us in the backside of our pants if we tried to do that. 
No. If you don't believe that John Paul II allowed a Buddha idol on an altar in Assisi, look into it, do your own research. I document it all in the book right there. Infiltration. It's for real. It's for real. All right, time to get happy again. It's Monday Thursday. Love one another. Part of love is telling the truth, by the way. It's not just patting everybody on the head. Love one another. Tomorrow is Good Friday. Make it the best Good Friday of your life. Pray 15 decades of the rosary. Fast. If you can, consult your doctor. Don't listen to people on YouTube. But if you're healthy, if you're a healthy young man like myself, fast. Pray. Read John's Gospel. If you can, attend the traditional Good Friday liturgy. If you can't, read it. Read the traditional Good Friday liturgy and kiss a crucifix at 3 p.m. That is Catholic piety. Kiss a crucifix at 3 p.m. We should all be doing that. All right, thanks for watching. If you like this video, hit the thumbs up, share it on Facebook, and subscribe to my YouTube channel. Also, you can listen to all of these audio style on Spotify. This show is syndicated on Spotify, iTunes, Stitcher, Audible, Amazon Music, and everywhere podcasts are syndicated. Let's pray Hail Mary. Uh, this Hail Mary is for all the Catholics who this Good Friday and Easter will not be able to attend Mass or any of the liturgies or rites of the Church. Nomine Patris et Fidei, Spiritus Sancti, Amen. Ave Maria, gratia plena, Dominus tecum. Benedicta tu, morieribus, et benedictus fructus ventris tui, Jesus. Sancta Maria, Mater Dei, or nobis peccatoribus, nunc et mortis nostre. Amen. Nomine Patris et Fidei, Spiritus Sancti. Amen. All right, friends, thanks for watching today. Just a reminder I have for all my Patreon patrons who generously support this podcast over at patreon.com forward slash DR Taylor Marshall. I have over there for you the files to listen to the historical descriptions of Monday, Thursday, Good Friday, and Holy Saturday. I also have over there John's Gospel and the Dewey Rames. You can download it and use the Voice Dream app, and you can listen to the whole thing. If you put it on a fast speed, you can listen to the whole Gospel of St. John in under two hours. Highly recommend it. I'm doing it right now. I'm using the exact file that's on the Patreon. If you want access to that, also I'll be giving away this beautiful heirloom rosary. It retails, I think, for $375 or $400. It is absolutely gorgeous. It's a seraphim rosary. I actually took my seraphim rosary, which is black. I took it to Tenebrae last night. And during Tenebrae, I prayed five decades. Uh, and it's a substantial, big, strong, beautiful rosary. All the pieces on it are hand cast. Um, this is the, in my research, the best, the nicest, the finest rosary you can find. If you want the rosary to be a central part of your life and you pray the rosary every day or not on the team, a nice rosary is nice. You don't need a nice rosary. I pray the rosary on plastic beads. I pray the rosary on my fingers sometimes. I pray the rosary on my steering wheel. But when I'm at Tenebrae, when I'm at somewhere nice, I want to pray on a chunky, 
beautiful, substantial ceremonial rosary. And I use a seraphim rosary. I'm going to give away one next week. It'll probably be Easter Tuesday. I got to get my, my uh, little girls together. They're going to do the drawing. But if you want to be in that drawing and win this $400 rosary from Seraphim Rosary, you've got to be on Patreon. This is a thank you gift to people supporting this channel on patreon.com forward slash DR Taylor Marshall. So sign up. Even if you just support for one month to get into the raffle, that's fine. I'm okay with that. Also, depending on the level, send you sign books, online courses, etc. As I mentioned before, you can take my online course on the traditional Latin Mass, how to attend the Latin Mass at NewStThomas.com. And if you're a student patron at Patreon, you will get those classes for free thrown in. So go to Patreon.com forward slash DR Taylor Marshall and look at student patron level. That's got the best stuff in it. Highly recommended. Pray the rosary every day. Or you're not on the team, you can pray it on a plastic rosary. You can pray it on a knotted rosary. You can pray it on your fingers. You can pray it on your toes. But pray the rosary every day or you're not on the team. I'll be giving away this beautiful rosary from Seraphim Rosaries on Tuesday. If you want to get your own, you can go to Seraphim Rosaries online. It's Seraphim with a Y. And uh, if you use the coupon code Taylor, my name, T-A-Y-L-O-R, or Taylor20, I'm not sure if both works. Try both you get 20% off, which is a big chunk. But sign up for Patreon. See if you win it. Uh, other people, I've given these away before, and they, they love them. They're very beautiful. Pray the rosary every day, you're not a team. And remember, our Lord Jesus Christ said, you're the light of the world and the salt of the earth. So go out there and be salty. Have a very holy and good, good Friday, a holy Saturday and Easter. I may see you before them. May do a show or two before then. But if not, God bless. Christ is risen.